We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today, Pastor Sean wants us to cross over the bridge to effective communication. I think love has something to do with that. First John chapter 4 is the foundation for this message. This is Real Life Radio. Now, we are going to talk about bridges, Okay. This whole series, bridges going from here to there. The idea, implicit, is that it's not okay just to stay here. And what we mean by that is it's not okay not to grow. As followers of Jesus Christ, it is normal. I think in any living, natural thing, growth is normal. And we're supposed to grow. We're not supposed to be static. We're not supposed to be struggling this year with the same things we struggled with five years ago or ten years ago. There should be progress. There should be growth. That's the nature of a relationship. That's the nature of growing in Christ. So we've talked about different bridges that God has given us to help us grow in certain areas. Last week, we talked about the bridge to true love being the bridge marked wholeness. And that was a, that was a, a high-impact talk for a lot of people. I think a lot of people connected with this idea that becoming whole in him is so critical. It's this idea that I am loved, so I love. I am loved, so I love. And we saw that as a whole person, we now can even go into other relationships. We're whole in Christ. We're whole in his love. I can go into other relationships now, and I can be a healthy, relational individual. Whereas if I'm going and trying to get some person, I don't care if it's your spouse, I don't care if it's friends, family, I'm trying to get some person to meet all my needs and make me whole, that's never going to happen. They can't do that. You're putting pressure on them that they were never intended to carry. The good news is God says, I was created for that. I am there for that, and I want to be the person who will make you whole. We talked about understanding love and understanding what it is. We talked about the significance of receiving love and then sharing love. Today, I want to talk about the bridge to effective communication. And these are very closely related because communication can be a challenge. It really can. But it's so important. We do it all the time. It's a part of everyday life. And often it can get messed up. And so I wanted to go to a source that I trust and consider kind of a documentary source from the great filmmaker Monty Python. To help you, what? What? To help you understand communication. So take a look at this clip about communication. <laughs> Make sure the prince doesn't leave this room until I come and get him. Not to leave the room, even if you come and get him. No, no. Until I come and get him. Until you come and get him, we're not to enter the room. No, no. no. You stay in the room and make sure he doesn't leave. And you'll come and get him. Right. We don't need to do anything apart from just stop him entering the room. No, no. Leaving the room. Leaving the room, yes. All right? Right. right. Oh, if, 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 uh, if, if, uh, if, yes, if we... Oh, if... Oh. Look, it's quite simple. Uh, you just stay here and make sure he doesn't leave the room. All right? Yes. right. Oh, I remember. Uh, 
can he leave the room with us? No, 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 no. You but... just keep him in here. I'll make sure. Oh, we... yes, we'll keep him in here, obviously. But if he had to leave, and we were no, with him... Just keep him in here. Until you or anyone else... No, not anyone else, just me. Just you. Get back. Get back. Right? Right, we'll stay here until you get back. And uh, make sure he doesn't leave. What? Make sure he doesn't leave. The prince? Yes, make sure he doesn't leave. Oh, yes, of course. I thought you meant him. You know, it seemed a bit daft me having to guard him when he's a guard. Is that clear? Oh, quite clear, no problems. Right. Where are you going? We're coming with you. No, no, I want you to stay here and make sure he doesn't leave. Oh, I see, right. <laughs> I've had conversations with, with the kids exactly like that. We've had entire staff meetings exactly like that. It's just like, no, seriously, what are we talking about here? I thought I knew. Communication can be tough. It really can. I'll bet we all could tell stories where we said one thing, we thought it was crystal clear, and another person kind of either missed it or they said something, they thought it was completely clear and we missed it. And it can have serious implications. I, I want to share today a biblical principle regarding communication that I believe can have a radical impact on every communication, every relationship, and on all kinds of areas of your life. I really think this can cause you to be a better leader if you understand the principle we're going to talk about today. It'll make you a better manager at work. You, you'll be a better salesperson. I want to suggest to you, you'll be a better public speaker if we understand the principle that we're going to share today. It is really that significant. It can change all kinds of things in our lives. And most importantly, I believe it'll impact every relationship you have. And that's really what we're talking about. Every single relationship will be impacted by what we're going to talk about. Now, one of the problems with communication, maybe the big problem, is it requires two sides, but we can only see and experience one of them. So we have limited control over how it goes on, a, on just face value. It takes two sides, but we're only on one side of them. And, you know, as a public speaker, one of the peril perils that we have, that we have to be real careful of, is that we don't go around answering questions that nobody else is asking. I mean, I think that's in the church sometimes something that we have to stop and say, okay, we're answering questions because that's what we do. We're communicating with the world. But are we answering questions that nobody's asking? Because that's not effective communication. You know, one of the things I challenge people when I talk about public speaking or when I'm coaching a public speaker is to be sure you're in the room. Because we can, if we're not careful, we can get caught in our notes. And it can all be on the notes. And you forget about, oh, wait a minute, there's two sides of this thing. It doesn't matter if what I'm saying is just so marvelous if nobody cares or nobody gets it or nobody's listening. Be in the room. Be, be talking to people. Don't just talk at them. Don't be so caught in the notes that you're not in the room. And I think that goes into all kinds of communication. You know, when we're in a conversation, the idea of being in the conversation and not kind of just into our agenda. This can, have, this can be in our, our work relationships. This can be in our parenting. It can be in our marriage. Where are we in the course of a conversation? How do we avoid this thing of missing the point, assuming, not listening, all these communication problems? See, the Bible says a lot about communication. And... If you turn in your Bibles to James chapter 3, I want to read a passage of Scripture that kind of really gets a little bit heavy. 
but it gives us an idea of the, the importance of healthy, effective communication. Before we do that, let me just take a moment and pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that through your word, you'd speak to us. I pray that we would hear what you want to say and that we would be responsive because Lord, we trust you. You lead us so that we can become more like you. You lead us so that we can experience the life you've created us for. And we trust you in that. Speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. James 3, beginning at verse 1. Listen to what he says. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I just wish that weren't in there. You know, there's sometimes you see a scripture and you just go, I wish it weren't in there. But I have too much regard for the scripture to cut it out of the Bible. But that's one that I read that and I kind of get a little gulp factor. It's not that God expects me to live different. He doesn't. His spirit in us empowers all of us to live the life he created us for. So that's a similar experience. But what he says is when you teach, not only will obviously you be kind of measured and evaluated by Father in a loving, relational way by how you live, but when you teach, there's this idea of you're responsible for what you teach. If you lead a bunch of people astray, you're responsible. So he says, be careful. And then he goes into this whole discussion. He says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone's never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as as an example. Although they're so large, they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That is some huge, strong language. Is James overstating? Is he exaggerating? I don't think he is. Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow out of the same spring? And by the way, the answer is no, because the minute it tries, it's all salt water. It it, it influences all of it. And he's comparing that to our speech. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This whole thing about the tongue, I want us to be crystal clear. It's not about the tongue as a body part. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. It's not about words. Actually, in and of themselves, words as symbols of things and ideas, which is what words are. No, this is about conversation. It's about communication. What we say to others. We want to take a quick others. minute to remind and you, you're listening to Real Life that, Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of, of River City say, Community Church in this series know, called Bridges. You know, James and if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now regrets. on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Trying to grab the words out of the air and it's like, ah! I think we all understand that hitting someone 
physically assaulting or hitting someone in anger and violence is, is wrong. We know that. It's sin. It's just immoral. It's illegal. Just hitting someone in violence, we know that's wrong, and we all get it. Do you understand, though, if you hit someone, it's a one-time thing. It's a one-time offense. And it heals. And then that offense is simply a memory. That's all it is. It's the memory. You, that person may still be mad. They may still be angry, but it was a one-time event. They hit me. Do you realize when you say an unkind word, it's not like that at all? It's a reoccurring wound. Oh, they'll remember, oh yeah, when you said that thing. The problem is it gets in their spirit. And now those words keep coming back and the wound happens again. And again, you can actually go and say, I didn't mean that. I'm really sorry. And it doesn't matter. Do you realize that if they believe what you said, the unkind word that you said, it is now an ongoing perpetual wound that's very hard for them to dislodge because it now is engaged in their mind. And it's like, okay, a hit is bad, but it's a one-time thing. When you say an unkind word, that gets lodged in someone's spirit in their mind. It keeps hitting them over and over and over again. They can even forgive you. They can logically in their mind say, okay, I know he or she didn't mean that. But it doesn't matter if they somehow, somewhere in their spirit, believe it. There's now a wound that keeps coming back, keeps hitting. I had to learn that in my marriage early on. Because in my family, we'd duke it out verbally. We'd get mad. Had three boys. My little sister was the youngest. I have an older sister but who didn't live with us. She was from a previous marriage of my dad, so she lived with her mom. So it was just, and we would duke it out. We'd say bad stuff. Da, 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 da. But then we'd get over it, or we thought we'd get over it, and we'd just kind of move on. And that's how we did it. We were rapid fire. First time Lori and I get into a, a real fight. Okay? I could say a disagreement to kind of clean it up. But no, no, this was kind of a fight. And we're just an argument, you know, it's just an argument. We're, you know, we, and so, you know, when it comes to communication, I can take her. Okay. I'm faster when it comes to communication. I'm, this scripture seems to be more true of me than of her. Okay. And so according to what James says, I thought I'd set her straight and I started a fire. What I did is I told her this, boom, 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 logic. Oh, it was beautiful. Just enough sarcasm to not be too overboard, but to let her know how ridiculous her point was. Boom, 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 boom. What, woman? What? What you got? Mm? No, nothing? She walks away, you know, just a little tears, but no big deal. Well, I go, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, and I ask her a question about something, and there's nothing. I'm like, what? Oh, you're not so I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Yeah, wrong answer. Next day, we're still not. Kind of nothing. Day after that, I'm, I'm walking around, oh, honey, come on. I didn't, you know, I didn't, come on. Please, <laughs> I didn't mean. Well, you shouldn't have said it then. Because, yeah, that wasn't the rules that she lived by. Words mean something. And I learned a very important lesson. I got to rethink how I communicate. I got to rethink these words that come so quickly and easily. And we live in a world full of words, advertising, TV, comedy. And it, it's fun. It's game. Words are sports to us. Yeah. James says, no, they're not. 
I can think of things I said to my wife that I didn't even really mean. It was just, it was a flippant kind of thing. She was saying something, and I, I, it's just, just a thing to say. And I said a careless word that I didn't even mean. It's not true. But I've heard her kind of bring that back up in the mirror and reflect that. And I'm not talking about bringing it back and kind of scolding me. Just, she's bringing it up like, like it was true. And I'm like, no, no, that was, that was nothing. No, they were words. There's something. See, understand something. Communication is the vehicle of relationship. That's a very important idea. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the message on the bridge to effective communication. This is Real Life Radio. Communication is the vehicle of relationship. That's a very important idea. We would all, and and the reason you know that is because if you don't have any communication, you have no relationship with someone, right? We would all agree if there's never any communication, there's no relationship. It's just, you could even live in the same house. You could coexist. But if there's never any, any communication, there's no relationship. If there's friends that I had 20 years ago that there's never any communication, we don't really have a relationship. We could restart one if we got back together, but we would communicate. Communication is the vehicle of relationship. So as our communication goes, so our relationships go. That's why Paul, the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 4, when he's challenging Timothy as a young person, a young leader, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers. And the first thing he says is, in speech. And then he says, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. He says, Timothy, you want to be a leader? Set an example in your speech because it's important. Now, I want to share with you that principle that God modeled for us of communication that I think will change. It'll rock our world. It will help us to make communication now something of a strength, something where we immediately get better. And it really will be. It'll be personal communication, professional communication. Like I said, even if you do public speaking, you will become a better public speaker if you understand what God did and what he teaches us about communication. Flip over to John chapter 1. John's Gospel. Fascinating passage of Scripture because of some of the history of the people who would have been reading it. John is a Jewish believer who is now a follower of Jesus Christ. He's writing after the fact. He's writing after the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he's bringing some context, and he's writing now a gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he says, and he employs a phrase that any other of his fellow Jewish listeners would have immediately perked up. He says, in the beginning, and they, were all, they could all finish the sentence for him, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's, they, they all knew him. Maybe the most well-known passage of Scripture. There's John 3.16, and there's, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They could have all finished the sentence for him. In the beginning, and he doesn't say that. He says, it was the word. And that would have immediately caught their attention. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So wait a minute. In the beginning, God, but was the Word. The Word. He was with God in the beginning. Why is he using the phrase the Word? The message. The revelation, if you will. Through him all things were made without nothing. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So John's explained that there is this, this manifestation of God, this, this identity that is being called the Word. And, but but it's, it was with God, was God. Everything was made through this Word. In Him was life, light of the men, the light shone in the darkness, but they didn't understand. So He's a Word, a message, but it was a message that was not understood, is what John is saying to us. So John then goes and he writes about the other John, John the Baptist, tells us about him. He tells us that although the Word made the world and was in the world, the world didn't understand or receive him. Which you have to understand the irony of that. It's a Word. It's to be understood. But they didn't. And then in verse 14, he says this, The Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. And now we know who he's talking about. Oh, he's talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh. The message, the revelation, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We've seen Him. The Creator became one of us, walked among us, lived like us, and He was labeled by John as the Word. In other words, it wasn't understood he couldn't be known. God wasn't able to be understood, so God paints a picture. The Word, the message, comes in flesh and walks among us. He tells us more about John's testimony of Jesus. And then in verse 18, he says this. Listen, he says, No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. No one's ever seen God. You remember there's a one instance in the Bible where God says to Moses, come on up and I'll let you look just at my side. And he covers him in what was said is the cleft of this rock. And you remember, it was so traumatic because of the glory and the, the power and the presence of God. Moses didn't even look directly at God. Just the glory of God caused him to glow so much that when he came down, he was glowing. They couldn't even look at him. They made him put a bag on his head. True story. So no one has seen God. But John says, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. That's why he uses the title of the word. In 
Jesus Christ, God the Father, is coming to us, walking among us, living among us, and giving us a picture of God the Father. The Word. You remember what Jesus said when the enemy tempted him in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. He quotes from Deuteronomy. Remember what he says? The enemy says, hey, turn these stones into bread. You remember what he said? Man doesn't live by bread alone. What does he live by? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The life-giving sustenance of the word. John is telling us about the word. God chose to reveal or communicate himself by becoming one of us. There's so much in that. And he took this title of the Word. Stop and think about what that says about communication. And what I want us to learn this morning from that is this. Very simply, write this down, please. The bridge to effective communication is learning to identify with another person. Because isn't that what God did? Isn't that what this whole thing was about? He came and he identified with us. He walked among us. He became one of us. So not only did we have a picture of what God was like, but we knew intuitively God had a picture of what it's like to be us. Oh, and that is so critical. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life, real life. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.